Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Okay, we are live. <clears throat> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our weekly Thursday night Parshat Shavua Shi'ur. Here we are broadcasting live in Thornhill, Ontario, and we welcome everybody listening live, watching live, or listening in the future um, on YouTube, on our podcast, and uh, or anywhere you hear your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's good to uh, it's good to have people listening to Torah, no matter what time of day it is, no matter what time of year it is. Uh, there is no question that Parashat Yitro ranks in the order of parashiyot of the Torah is one of the most prominent given it's uh, given the stories that take place within it. Of course, there is arguably no greater climax in world history, let alone Jewish history, than the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai, on Har Sinai, which takes place in this week's parasha that we are going to read <clears throat> uh, in this week's parasha and that we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate next, uh, in a few months' time, in the holiday of Shavuot. Parashat Yitro is named after a man who was Moshe's father-in-law. And what we're going to talk about today, a little bit about this man, we're going to talk about what he contributed specifically to the Jewish world, and we will see that this contribution was so vital that it actually helped protect the Jewish people. I want to start today by um, opening the, 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 the opening pasuka the parasha. Vaishma Yitro Kohen Midian Hoten Moshe. That Yitro, the priest of Midian, the Father-in-law of Moshe heard et kol asher asa Elohim lemoshe Yisrael amo everything that that Hashem did to Moshe and the Jewish people ki oti Hashem et Yisrael mi Mitzrayim where Hashem took them out of uh, of Egypt. Um, can I just ask you to bring me a chumash if you don't mind? It's one, one with Rashi. So, so Rashi here opens up. By asking the following question, the book, what exactly, any stone chumash is fine. Yeah, that one is fine. Good. What exactly did you throw here? You tell me, what did he hear? Okay. And uh, what report did he hear that prompted him to come? <clears throat> so Rashi very famously writes, He heard the splitting of the sea. CNN, Fox News, he heard that the, the sea split and he heard of the war of Amalek. So a lot of the Mefarshim want to ask, why does Rashi specify that he heard Kiryat Yamsuf and Milchemet Amalek? The Pasuk already tells us, Vaishma Yitro, Okay, 
He heard everything that God did. It, included in that is the splitting of the sea and the war of Amalek. So what exactly is he, is he adding? Um, and the truth is, there is no mention of the war of Amalek here. It just is all that God did to the Jewish people. Now, additionally, we have to consider the fact that Yitro merited adding a parasha to the entire Torah. The parasha is found in this week's parasha. Uh, the parasha of Moshe appointing judges. That was based on the advice of Yitro. Because Moshe Rabenu thought at the time he was doing it by himself. Right? Imagine 600,000 men, 2 million people, one man judging all of them. Yitro says, Moshe, it just can't happen. So he gave him that advice to create the first ever judicial system. And this was came on his zechut. In fact, Rashi says in the same opening pasuk, Sheva Shemot Nikreulo, that he had seven names. Yitro, Reuel, Yeter, Yitro, Chobav, Hever, Keni, Putiel. Why was he called Yeter? Yeter means Yoter, more. Al Shem She Yiter Parasha Achat Patora Beatatecheze. He added this parasha of the judges. He's given the name Yeter. He goes on to say, Yitro, because he was Mitkayer, okay, because he became a convert, okay, they added the letter Vav, which is one of the letters of Hashem's holy name. So, okay, they come from Yeter to Yitro. Okay, but his name was Yeter because he, one of the names he had was Yeter because he added this, this parasha. So he merited this distinction, okay, uh, because he sanctified the name of Akadosh Baruch Hu, because Yitro was a Kohen Midian. Yitro was the priest of, of the, Mid, the Midianites, and he was worshipping all the Avodah in the world, and he abolished them. All these forms of idolatry, when he proclaimed, where Yitro said, now I know that Hashem is greater than all the gods. And Rashi there comments that tell Elohim from all the gods. Because Yitro was familiar with all the gods. He knew about all of them. Every single Avodazara, the ones in Thailand, the ones in Singapore, the ones in China, the ones in India, he knew all of all. And that's why the fact that he was able to push those aside, Atayadati Kigadola Hashem, now I know Hashem is the one. Okay? He was he was to have that distinction of Yeter Yitro. But why did he merit such a great distinction to have a parasha mentioned in his, in his name, this additional parasha? That's what we're going to talk about today. The Zohar says that Hashem, in his infinite wisdom, he arranged that Yitro to convert and unite with Moshe prior to Matan Torah. It had to be done. The Zohar explains that in the realm of Kedusha, the realm of holiness, there is a king and then there is a Kohen. And the king is Akados Baruch Hu, king of all kings. And the Kohen is actually the Malach Michael, who is 
offering korbanot on heavenly mizbechot. That's what the Zohar writes. And uh, we see this in many places. Gemar Masechet Chagiga. Okay, the fourth rakia is called, it's called Zevul. Okay, and there we talk about how Michael is offering korbanot up there in Shamayim. Now, if there is a king and a Kohen in the heavenly spiritual realm, then there is a king and a Kohen in the realm of impurity. Who is the king and the priest in the realm of Tum'ah? Paro is the king. And Yitro is the Kohen in the realm of Tum'ah. Paro had to negate Hashem being king of all kings. And he did so when, when he declared, Mi Hashem, Who is this God that I shall listen to? And Yitro was the priest because he embraced, like we said, every form of idol worship, every form of Avodazara. That was his function as the Kohen of this negative force of the Klippa. The Zohar says that it was impossible for Hashem to give the Torah to the Jewish people until Hashem shattered this king and this Kohen of the negative forces. Paro refused to recognize Hashem. He was invalidated. How? Ten plagues. Came the Eser Makot, and he was forced into confessing, Chatati Yapam Adonai Tzadik, Ani Paro finally said, I sinned. Hashem is the righteous one. Me and my nations are, are the sinners. And then it was enhanced by Kiryat Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea, when the whole army was drowned. Um, and of course, he was kept alive so that he can see that. Yitro, on the other hand, he was the Kohen Midian. He was the priest of Midian. Uh, he was subjugated when he left. Like we said, he abandoned all the forms of idolatry. But if you look very deep, deeper, if you look deeper, it's clear that the king of the Klippa, Paro, was subjugated involuntarily. It was forced upon him, the ten plagues. The Makot, Kriyat Yamsuf. The Kohen, which was Yitro, he was submitted voluntarily. I want to do it myself. In fact, the Gemara Masechet Sota, the Fyur Aleph Amur Aleph, talks about how there are three people that were next to Paro giving the advice. Paro had three major advisors. One of them was Bilam, one of them was Iov, and one of them was Yitro. Bilam, when it came to the, the, what to do with the Jews, Bilam was the one who advised, throw them in the water. It was his, his advice. What happened to Bilam? He was killed. Iov, Shatak. Iov kept quiet. I'm not getting involved. You know those guys? I'm not getting involved. <laughs> I was just saying, quiet. He still got, he still got punished. Shatak nidon be'isurin. He's punished. He wasn't killed, but he experienced the worst affliction. May I read the book of Iov? Lo alenu lo alechem. What Iov experienced, all the affliction. Yitro se barah. Yitro says, "I want nothing to do with this. I'm out. I don't want to hear about throwing Jewish babies in the river. I'm not. I don't. I'm out. I'm out." He ran away. Zachu mi bene banav sheeshu belishkata gazit. He was okay that his great-great-grandchildren would sit in the Dishkat Gazit as members of the, of the Sanhedrin. So he submitted totally voluntarily by converting. and says, I want to join this people. Now I know. So it makes sense. It's easy to understand why Yitro 
Kohen Midian merited adding a, a parashat to the Torah because Israel could only receive the Torah once the king and the priest of the Klipot, of the negative influence, were subjugated. So he was awarded this tribute as the one who says, I want nothing to do with the Yavodah anymore. He was given this gift. And he did it voluntarily, unlike Paro. So it, it was in his merit that B'nai Israel received the Torah. Okay, very nice. Baruch Hashem. But we need to go a little bit deeper. We're going to go a few levels deeper tonight. One of the great Mekubalim, we have, which quoted in this class before, Rabbi Shimshon Miosropoli, he says, <clears throat> with regards to what Paro told Moshe Rabenu in Parashat Bo, the beginning of Parashat Bo, the Pasuk says, in Perek Yud, Pasuk Yud, Vayomer Alehem, Paro said to Moshe, after Moshe says, we're all going, we're all going to leave. So be Hashem with you. When I send you and your children. These words. See that evil faces you. What does it mean? What does Paro mean when he says, by the way, when you go, evil is going to face you? So Rashi addresses this. Very famous Rashi. Rashi quotes a Midrash. Shamati. There's a star in the heavens. The name of this star is Ra'a. Ra'a means evil. Paro told Moshe Naaron, I can see with my astrologers, This star is going to attack you in the desert. It's going to cause you a lot of problems. It is a sign of blood and killing. You're going to face that. This is what he's telling Moshe Naron. Now, what happened? This actually did come true. Rashi says when the Jewish people later on in history, they worshipped the, the golden calf. Baruch wanted to kill them, all those at that uh, worship. Amar Moshe bitfilato. What did Moshe say in his tefila? Lama yomeru mitzrayim lemor bera'a hotziyam. This is what we say when we read the parasha on the fastest. Why will the Egyptians say bera'a hotziyam? With evil he sent them out. Zohi shamalahem reu kira'anege penechem. This is what Paro was trying to tell you. You're going to go to the desert. Something bad's going to happen. Everyone's going to die. There's going to be blood. He didn't know it was going to be the Cheta Egel, but that's, what, that's exactly what happened. And Paro's warning them now before they even left. You're going to hit this star and it's going to cause you big problems. So, so when, Mos when God wanted to destroy Am Yisrael after the Cheta Egel, Moshe prays to God. He says, this, you're going to let Paro be right? You're going to let him... This is what he predicted. This is going to go down in history. Miyad vayinachem Hashem al hara'a. So Hashem had consolation on the ra'ah, on the evil. And he changed the blood from blood of death to the blood of Brit Milah, and he made Yoshua circum circumcise them after they went into um, uh, Eretz Israel, as he went into Eretz Israel. This is the Rashi. Um, so now, Beautiful. 
It's a very famous Rashi. But Rav Shimshom el is puzzled by this. He goes, okay, Hashem transformed this omen of, of blood of death to the blood of Milah. But how exactly did he mitigate the power of Ra'ah? How did, how did he take this star and negate its powers? So he quotes a Midrash in Bereshit Rabbah, in Bamidbar Rabbah, that says the following. Kol ha-Torah kula ra'ah parashiyot. The whole Torah has 275 parashiyot. Ra'ah, reish, ayin, hey, 275. So the ill effects of the star named ra'ah are nullified by the 275 parashiyot of, of the Torah. So he actually then goes on to explain the implications of the private conversation that Moshe had with HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the beginning when they first meet by the burning bush. Moshe says to God, Who am I to go to Paro? God said, Don't worry, I'm going to be with you. Hashem says, Don't worry, I'm going to give you a sign. And the sign is that you're going to come back to this mountain at Harasinai and you're going to serve me on this mountain. So, this is actually signaling how the Klipot, the Torah, was going to negate. The Ra'ah. Because as head of the Klippah of Mitzrayim, Paro possessed 355 forces of Tumah. Named by his name, Paro, 355. Moshe Rabbeinu was 80 years old when he first met Paro. Oh no, well, he met Paro when he was young, but when he approached Paro to get the Jews out, he was, he was 80 years old. Moshe ben Shmonim Shana, Paro. He was 80. So the Mekubalim say, that out of the 355 negative forces that Paro had, Moshe could only negate 80 of them, based on his name. So of the name Paro, Pei, Reish, Ein, Hei, the Pei is gone, because Pei is 80. In fact, it's hinted in the Pasuk, Mi Anochi Ki Elechel Paro, Mi and Ki. Mi is 50, Ki is 30, 80. So I only have the, that's what his complaint was, to God. Who am I? I don't have the kdusha innate inside me to go and nullify Paro's Tumah. I, I can't do it. To which Hashem says, don't worry. I'm going to be with you. And the sign is, when you're going to take the people out of Mitzrayim, you're going to come back here and serve me on this mountain. Rashi says, what's serving on this mountain? You're going to get the Torah. You're going to receive the Torah in Har Sinai. In the future on this mountain, you're going to accept a Torah that has 275 parashiyot, equaling the reish, ayin, and hey, that is left in Paro's name. The pay has already been negated with Moshe, and you're left with reish, ayin, hey, 275, and those parashiyot nullified the remaining three letters in Paro's name, and that's your, and that's your sign. Amazing. In fact, another allusion to, the, to something we're going to read later on, when the commandment to build the Kelim of the Mishkan, the Pasuk says, You shall make a copper kior. Kior is a wash basin. The word ve'asita, and you shall make, implies a tikkun, something you're going to make. And kior stands for, kochav yesh ushmo ra'ah. 
there is a star, and its name is Ra'ah. Like we said, that star Ra'ah that brings, that brings evil. And how are you to be metaken this kochav ushmo Ra'ah? Through Nehoshet. Nehoshet is novlot chokma, the flowing of wisdom shelmala, novlot chokma shelmala, Torah. The Torah is what's able to negate this evil star of Avra'ah. So, what are we saying now? We already learned that Titro was responsible for the addition of the parasha of the Torah. That addition of that parasha of the judges, brought the number to 275. That was the 275th parasha. And in merit of that, those three letters were negated from Paro's name, Reish Ein Hei. So look at that. We have this incredible partnership between Yitro and Moshe Rabenu, which nullified all of Paro's name. The Pei was Moshe, and the Reish Ein Hei was Paro. And this is the unbelievable orchestration by HaKadosh Baruch Hu at this point. Before assigning Moshe the task to go to Paro and take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, he makes him go to Midian, okay, to buy this well, and he meets the shepherds and the rock on the well and the daughters, also that he can marry one of Yitro's daughters, so he can make this relationship with Yitro. This whole scenario was set in motion so that Yitro would advise his son-in-law, hey, buddy, I love you, but you can't judge everybody. It's too much for you. You have to make courts. You have to make different levels of judges. You can't bear this leadership alone. And that parasha would be added to the Torah, so there's 275, and thus Yitron Moshe united to nullify those forces. Okay? And, there, and that also makes sense of the Gemara that we quoted in, um, in Sota, that there were three people who participated in giving advice to Paro, Bilam, Yov, and Yitro. And we said Yitro was the one who ran away, and because of that, his children were Zochem to sitting in the Lishkata Gazit. Since Yitro fled, and objected to Paro's ra'ah, to Paro's evil, he merited assisting Moshe Rabbeinu in the 275th uh, parasha, uh, 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 the, the ra'ah, his own ra'ah, but the 275 negating, negating that. Beautiful idea. Okay, like I always say, we ended the shiur here, you walk out with tremendous chidush. And, uh, but there's more. <clears throat> Again, Rav Shimshon Meosropoli. He says, look at the pasuk, look at the passage. This extra parasha that Yitro merited in giving us. The pasuk says, Yitro tells Moshe Rabbeinu, I want you to look around. And I want you to go and select special people. Anshe Chayil, men of means. Yireh Elohim, God-fearing. Anshe Emet, Sonebatza, men of truth, people who despise money. Besamta Alehem, Sare Alafim. You can have leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens. And they're going to be the judges at all times. <clears throat> Every night during Arvit, prior to Barechut Hashem Evorach, we recite a pasuk, a very famous pasuk from Tehilim. And then we say, Hashem Hoshiyah Merchiyanim, according to a separate pasuk. But that pasuk of Behurachum is not a nice pasuk. It's a pasuk that we recite at funerals. We say at Avel, when we're Tziduk Adin. It's a pasuk that deals with a lot, a lot of dark, darkness. 
Um, that pasuk contains four negative klipot. Vehu rachum yechaper avon, velo yashchit, veirba leashiv apo af, velo yair kol hamato chema af mashchit af and chema are four negative klipot. Baruch Hashem, we end. That's we don't just end the pasuk there. We add another one. Hashem oshia mechiyanem yonkarein. Hashem will bring us salvation. Okay, that's why we add that, that pasuk. Now, why do we do it at nighttime? Nighttime is always a time of darkness. It's a time of deen. It's a, time of, it's a scarier time than it is during the day. Um, <clears throat> look what Rav Shem Sarpoli says. Prior to Yitro's conversion, because he was so dedicated to his Abu Dazara, he was intimately connected to these four klipot. And therefore, to be metakendat, after he converted, he advised Moshe Rabenu to make leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And the words is alafim, me'ot, hamishim, and asarot. That's the words that the Torah uses, which also means literally thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. It's also the acronym of af, mashchit, chema, avon. Alafim is aleph, is af, apo. Me'ot is hundreds, which is mashchit. Hamishim is fifties, which is chema, and asarot is tens, which is avon. And by appointing these judges, these tzaddikim, to judge B'nai Israel, that's how he was able to eliminate these four klipot. This is what he says. If you follow this idea, we can explain why Yitro merited to add the parasha aimed at combating the four klipot. The reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us in the Torah to offer four types of korbanot in the Beit HaMikdash. Soon we're going to get to Sefer Vayikra, talks about all the korbanot. What are the four major korbanot? Hatat, Asham, Ola, and Minha. And again, the first, four, the first letter of each of those four korbanot, Hatat is Chet for Chema, Asham is Aleph for Af, Ola is Ayn for Avon, and Minha is Mem for Mashrit. The same four. They negate each other. There is a Gemara in Masechem Menachot, the Afkuf Yudamur Aleph. The Gemara says, My Dichtiv, what's the meaning of the Pasuk? Amar Yishlakish, what's the meaning of the Pasuk? When it says, Zot HaTorah La'ola La'mincha Ve'la'chatat Ve'la'asham Ve'la'minu Ze'a'asharamim. What is the meaning when it says these are the Torah laws of the Olad, of the Mincha, of the Chatat, and the Asham. Rishakish says, Kol ha'osek ba-Torah ke'ilu hikriv olav mincha chatat ve'asham. Anyone who studies Torah, zot torah Whoever studies Torah is as if they brought all these korbanot. Very nice. Amar Rav, Rav says, Hai la'ola la'mincha. Why does it say zot torah la'ola la'mincha? Ola u'mincha mi'bayle. It should just say zot torah ola u'mincha. What's the lamin for? Ela, Marava, Rava gives a different explanation. Kola osek batora, anybody who studies Torah, enot sarich, lo ola, lo hatat, lo mincha, lo asham. He doesn't require an ola, he doesn't require a mincha, he doesn't require, meaning the Torah is everything. You're not going to even need a korban. So it's not like you brought a korban, you don't even need a korban with your thing. So, Rish Lakish and Rava are actually teaching us a very profound lesson. We know that the main way to abolish all the klipot and the sitra achra is Torah study. 
Gemara Sechel Kiddushin, Daflam Uramud Bet Barati Yetzirah, Barati Torah Tavlin. We've quoted many times. At Kadosh Baruch Hu created Yetzirah, and the remedy for this is the Torah. Be'imatem Oskim Ba'Torah, Enatem Nimsadim Yado. You study Torah, you're not going to be thrown into the hand of the Yetzirah. In fact, another Gemara Masechet Shabbat that we quoted here, Daflam Uramud Bet also, is that David HaMelech only died, okay, because for that split moment, he, he, he stopped learning. But as long as he was learning, Malach HaMavit couldn't touch him. That's how protected he was. So says Rish Lakish, whoever engages in the study of Torah, it's like he brought Olam Mincha Chatat and Hasham. He specified those korbanot, Olam Mincha Chatat Hasham, because they're able to abolish all the klipot. The klipot of Avon, Mashrit, Chema, and Af. That's why he said, whoever studies Torah, it's as if he brought those four korbanot, because the korbanot ab- abolish the four klipot. And that's what Ravas meant as well. Whoever engages Torah doesn't need an Olah, doesn't need a Mincha, doesn't need a Chatat or a Hasham. Because he doesn't need, I have Torah, I don't have, even have Klipot at all. The Torah protects me from the Yetzara, protects me from the Malach HaMavit. Zot Torah la'olam Hasham. In fact, says Mefarshim, the gematria of Zot Torah equals Avon Mashchit Afechema. You have the Torah. <laughs> you don't even have the gates. Cancels out all of this evil, negative uh, culture. Now, the evil force, the Sitra Achra, is called Ra'a. How do we know this? Pasuke Mishle says, Shlomo Melech, Ashre Adam Mefachet Tamid. Praiseworthy is a man who always fears. Umakshele Bo Yipol Bera'a. But he who is stubborn, he falls Bera'a. Literally means misfortune. But a person needs to fear and revere HaKadosh Baruch Hu at all times. If he's reluctant to do so, if he's stubborn, I don't want to fear God, I'm not interested in Hashem, he's going to fall prey to what? To Ra'ah. To this evil Sitra Akhra. So, the parasha that was added in the Torah by Yitro, that Yitro gave to Moshe Rabbeinu, Alem, Sareh Alafim, Sareh Meot, Sareh Hamishim, Sareh Asarot, were intended for what purpose? To nullify the, 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 the four klipot of Af Mashchit, Chema, Ba'avon. That brought the total parashiot to 275, which counteract all the evil qualities of Ra'ah, that evil star, that evil force that's called Ra'ah, which is an omen for blood and death. And therefore, through this parasha, Moshe Rabbeinu he, uh, was provided with a, a tactic to combat the four leading klipot that cause death and destruction in the world. Okay, good enough. Again, we can stop here and say, no, let's go one more. Let's go one more. We still haven't answered the question. We haven't answered the question that we started with, which is why even mention what Yitro heard of Kiryat Yam Sufu Milchemet Amalek. Now we're going to get to that. What did he hear? Kiryat Yam Sufu Milchemet Amalek. How do we make sense of this? Amalek is actually found three times in the Torah. Twice, it is very clear. Parashat Beshalach, we read last week, the actual war. Later on in Kitetze, when we have the mitzvah to remember Amalek. But there's another time. Most people don't know about it. If you don't read the commentary, you don't know it's Amalek. It's found Sefer Bamidbar. Pasuk says, Vaishma, I think it's Parashat Chukat. That the Kena'ani, the king of Arad, heard Yosef Negev, he was dwelling in the south, 
that Israel had come by the root of the spies. He made war against Israel. And he, um, he, he captured a captive. So now, Rashi says, What did he hear? What did he hear? He heard that Aaron died. Who dwelled in the south. What do you mean dwelled in the south? What do you mean dwelled in the south? So it says Rashi, this was Amalek. This king, Melech Arad, was Amalek, and he changed his language to speak like a Kenani. He changed his dress, he changed the language. But it really was Amalek because Amalek is in the south. Amalek dwells in the south. I've seen many, many other places. So the Klippah of Amalek and this Melech Arad are the same. So the Agra de Kala points out that the Gematria of Arad is 274. Ein Reish, 270, Dal is 274. Which also equal the gematria of Rachel and Leah. Rachel is uh, 238, Leah is 36, which equals 274. Implying that the Klippah of Amalek opposes Rachel and Leah. Now Rachel and Leah, the Imahot, the matriarchs, the holy matriarchs, they were the ones that established the house of Israel. As we, we read in Megillat Ruth, we also recite it under the Chuppah. The Moroccans have a custom to say this. That Boaz's bracha was that, may Hashem make the woman who is coming to your house, sorry, not Boaz, the Ishponi's bracha was that the woman coming into your house be like Rachel and Leah, who built the house of Israel. So Amalek, who opposes the Kedusha of Israel, is called Arad, since the Gematia of Arad equals Achel and Leah. Look at what Rav Pinchas Friedman says. He says, in last week's battle with Amalek, the Pasuk says, Um Moshe, Aharon, Aharon, Vechur, Alu, Rosha, Giva. Moshe, Aharon, and Hur went to the top of the hill. Says of Shimshon Melsropoli, the first letters of Moshe, Aharon, and Hur, Mem, Aleph, Het, corresponding to three of those klipot we mentioned before. <coughs> Mashrit is Mem, Moshe, Af is Aharon, and Hema is Hur. And they went to the top of the hill, alluding, alluding to the first letters of those klipot. So why doesn't the Pasuk mention the elimination of the Avon, the Ain? Why is the Ain? So he explains that, that Moshe Rabbeinu needed to do that one on his own, and he eliminated that one by raising his hands. When he raised his hands, he inspired Ben Yisrael to do Teshuvah. The Torah describes, clearly says, Moshe yado Israel. When Moshe would raise his hands, the Jewish people were strong. Of course, the famous Mishnah, Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Moshe, Means to tell me that Moshe's hands dictate? No. What is it? When the Jewish people are doing Teshuvah, they're looking up at God, they have faith in Emunan Hashem, then, then, Meshabedin et libam la'avim shpashanah yumit gabrim. They will become strong. That's the meaning of it. Reshit goyim Amalek. Amalek is the first of nations. Amalek is the source of all klipot. It has the capacity to invoke all of this negativity, all these evil forces. Avon, Mashchit, Af, Chemam. And that's why it was necessary for Moshe, Aaron, and Hur to go up with their Kedushan to abolish these klipot. And that's why Amalek is referred to as the king of Arad that he possessed the power of Shalom to use these four klipot and cause harm to Am Yisrael. But, here's the kicker. That was only true before Yitro gave Moshe the advice and added the parasha of 
which happened this week's parasha. Now that he got the Ve'atat Echezeh, it's now not 274, it's 275. And one more. Before, when it was only 274, the Torah only contained 274 parashiyot, Amalek had power. Melech Arad, Israel, they fought Israel. But after he throws advice, and the addition of this parasha, advising Moshe Rabbeinu to now create levels of, judi- of a judicial system, thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens, to nullify the four klipot, now Amalek, represented by Arad, no longer can summon those powers. Because the Torah contains 275, which is one more than the 274. So when B'nai Yisrael are dedicated to the Torah and the mitzvot, they overpower Amalek. Amalek has no power. And hence, Rabotai, this is what Rashi meant. What did he hear? He heard, Rashi saying, what events in history convinced Yitro, inspired Yitro to come and add another parasha? What happened in the world that made him jump up and say, I'm here? And Rashi says, he heard about Kiryat Yamsuf, but Kiryat Yamsuf wasn't enough. Kiryat Yamsuf in itself wasn't enough because Amalek still had the audacity to come and cause harm to B'nai Israel. So Yitro concluded, Arad still has the power because it's 274 parashiyot in the Torah. So he says, I got to come. I saw what Amalek did. He's saying, I saw what Amalek just did to you guys. He still has that power. I'm going to come and I'm going to add one more parasha. I'm going to add the parasha of alafim, me'ot, hamishim, asarot to negate af, chema, avon, and mashchit. And he brought it up to 275, and you're able to overpower the klipa of Amalek. What do we learn from here? Again, if B'nai Israel study Torah, we engage in Torah, if it becomes a part of us, we're able to remove all negativity in our lives. The, the Yetzirah has no power over us. There's no Sitra Akhra. There's no Ra'ah. Moshe, why, why let, like Moshe Rabbeinu said, why, why let the Goyim win? Why, why are you going to let Paro say, Ha, I told you so? Because you didn't listen to me. We have the power. We have the ability to abolish the Klipaba Malek. We have the ability through our learning of a Torah to remove all the evil forces, to all the punishment, to all the horrible things, all the blood, all the mitah, all the things that are associated with the Malach HaMavid. All we got to do is we got to study Torah, we got to work hard for it. And Bezat Hashem, through the study of Torah, we'll, be, we'll hasten the, the completion of the Geulah. Thank you for joining. Thank you.